This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. There comes a time in everyone's life. When talk is cheap. And it's time to show up. To get back to the top and build a legacy. If we grind together, we can take it back. Our team. And our city. This is why we play. This is who we do it for. Take it back. For tickets, go to astros.com slash tickets or call 1-877-9ASTROS. Greetings from Minute Maid Park, where today the Houston Astros wrap up their three-game series with the Oakland A's. This is the rubber game of this three-game set after the A's pulled out a come-from-behind 4-3 win over the Astros in 11 innings. Miley, eight-plus innings, gave up two runs, struck out six. Yuli Gurriel, two for four, including a two-run homer, but the Astros saw their win streak end at six games. A's ended a two-game skid. Astros 65-38, and 38, first in the AL West, six and a half games ahead of Oakland. A's are 58-44, and 44, second in the West, and they're leading for the second wild card, two games ahead of Boston and Tampa Bay. It's time for today's pitching matchup, brought to you by Houston Methodist, the official health care provider for the Houston Astros. Houston Methodist leading medicine. Justin Verlander on the mound. For the Astros today, trying to become the second pitcher in the big leagues with 13 wins. Yeah, when you're trying to win a series against the team in second place in the division, that's exactly who uh, you want on the mound, especially when it's a day game. You turn around after a, a tough loss like last night, no better person to get everybody's attention than Verlander. Meanwhile, Chris Bassett on the mound for the Oakland A's, and he's done a really nice job and what's really been his first full season getting a chance to pitch at the big league level. He's been very steady. He's finally getting run support. He had brutal run support for the previous years as a major leaguer. This year he's finally getting some run support, seventh best in the American League, 6.8 runs per game for Bassett, and he's taking advantage of it. Keys to the game brought to you by Honda. Visit your local Greater Houston Honda dealers for great deals on all models. Official sponsor of the Houston Astros. We talked about it a little bit earlier. Obviously, a really tough loss for the Astros yeah. last night, yeah. leading going into the ninth inning. And the the good news is it's a day game, so less time to think about what happened last <laughs> night. And also, the good news, you have Justin Verlander on the mound, definitely the guy you want pitching in, in these sort of ball games. Yeah, A.J. Hint says it all the time. Whenever he takes the mound, everybody just sits up a little straighter. You know, they pay attention to detail because he demands uh, respect whenever he's on the mound. He expects perfection out of himself and his teammates as well. So you go out there and you get ready to compete whenever Verlander takes the hill. Coming up next, we'll have the manager show with A.J. Hinch, presented by Waste Management. A little later, we'll hear from former big league catcher and longtime Oakland A's broadcaster Ray Fossey. But now this from your local station. What's even easier than hitting a home run into the Crawford boxes? Deep to left field, and you can kiss that goodbye into the Landry's Crawford boxes. How about cracking open a delicious Crawford Bach? Carbox Crawford Bach pairs perfectly with peanuts, stadium dogs, and a good seventh-inning stretch. Plus, a portion of the proceeds from each beer goes to the Astros Foundation to support community initiatives. So root, root, root for the Astros with a cold Crawford Bach this season. How about the Houston Astros? Now, a visit with the manager. Brought to you by Waste Management for environmental solutions that deliver economical savings. 
Go to thinkgreen.com. Welcome back to Asher Lunch. This is Steve Sparks with A.J. Hinch. Before the last game against the Oakland A's, you guys have split the first two. Tough game yesterday, but Wade Miley, I thought, A.J., uh, he was outstanding. He, w- he was incredible uh, from the very beginning. I mean, he started the game off striking out the side, which we've seen from Verlander and Cole. We haven't seen from Miley site. Um, that was exciting. He was in- incredibly efficient throughout the game. He had great stuff throughout. Ran into a little bit of an issue in the ninth, and, and uh, that game turned on us a little bit. But, um, you know, what, what he did for us yesterday and, and the game that he pitched was, was sensational. You guys had to make a move before the game yesterday. So Josh James goes on the I.L. with some right shoulder soreness. You bring up Cy Snead, who's done well yeah. for you. Yeah, I mean, James is, you know, the other day we, we had the, the little mishap where he was the velocity was down, and he yeah. still reported a little bit of soreness. He was a little tentative playing catch, so we just took it out of his hands. And put him on the DL, uh, or I'm sorry, the IL. And in uh, size, need comes back. It was his day to pitch in AAA, so he's very fresh and ready to go. He threw seven scoreless five days ago. You know, he did do well for us in that kind of swingman role. So it it was nice to get him back. It's a tough loss with Josh because we don't know whether it's going to be ten days or, or two weeks or what 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 timeline we're talking about. Um, and he was you know kind of trending in the right direction, punching a bunch of guys out. So we'll get him healthy and get him back. You saw Cy Snead. He did well for you guys. He picked you up out of the bullpen. And I always like to look at what those guys do when they go yeah. down first. And he went out there and shoved it. Yeah, he did. And, and he's got good stuff. And I think just getting his first taste of the big leagues, you know, he he's he he wants to contribute. And yeah. he, he's, he's obviously willing to do whatever. But, um, you know, he's got a resilient arm. He's got some stuff. He throws strikes, something that's very reliable. Uh, you know, we'll get him in there when we need him. One of the highlights for you guys yesterday was inside the Parker, Yuli Gurriel. That is lifted in the shallow center field, and that'll drop in front of Lariano, and then goes past him and rolls all the way to the wall. Brantley can walk home. Gurriel is on his way to third base. Yuli, he's being sent home by Gary Pettis. The throw to the plate by Barreto is up the third baseline. It's an inside the park two-run home run for Yuli Gurriel. And the Astros take a 2-0 lead. It was funny watching Gary Pettis sending Yuli Gurriel on that inside the park homers. The more excited he gets, the bouncier he gets. <laughs> Starts jumping up and down as he's wheeling them in. It's awesome. And I get a kick out of watching Gary Pettis in those. And we don't talk about Gary enough, mm-hmm. but even the windmill, but the, even the little hop gets a little bit more quick as he's trying to relay to the runner, hey, you better yeah, stop. Yeah, yeah. No, he's an energetic third base coach and, yeah. and one of the most aggressive ones in the league. And, and you know, I, you know, you're always looking at you're looking at the ball, looking at the runner, looking at Gary, looking at the ball, looking at the runner, looking at Gary. The one constant in that is Gary's going to send them. We know he's going to send them. There's no doubt about it. He's aggressive. All right, uh, a long stretch of games right now. Finally, you guys get to the end of this. Uh, first business first, but uh, 14 out of 14 coming yeah. out of the break. Uh, this will be a nice off day. It will be a nice off day for us. It'll feel really good if we can win this series and have have a really productive homestand. You know, before we hit a road trip, that's you know that, that's going to be difficult. We have, we play the Cardinals on the road. Uh, we go to Cleveland. Both teams are are, are pretty hot right now. Yeah. The temperatures are going to be hot. The off day that we have today, tomorrow, the off day that we have on Monday, will be good for our club. And and uh, like I said, it'll feel better after a win. I know you like to keep tabs with your guys on rehab. How's Carlos Correa feeling? Good. He's good. I think he feels like he's ready. He's gonna. 
build up a little bit of endurance and try to and, and, and play today and and then we'll have a decision to make over you know over the next couple of days to see if he can join us when he's eligible on Friday so um, these guys always tell me they're ready so it's I mean I have to kind of read between the lines a little bit they they want to be here and want to contribute but um, all things are positive with Carlos. All right, last thing. There's a movie day after your game today. The fans will be treated to uh, staying after the game. They get to watch Field of Dreams. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to ask you, what's your favorite baseball movie? You know, that, that that's a good one. I mean, just because I was born in Iowa, so anytime mm. you, you can uh, have a little shout-out to the cornfields in Iowa, that's yeah. that's. Did you spend a lot of time in Iowa? No, hardly at all. But I, <laughs> my relatives have, and my, my parents were both from there. And, and uh, so I have a lot of history in Iowa. But... I'm, I'm still, I'm still kind of get tugged at, at Bull Durham. Yeah, you know, I just because those of us that have played in the game and that's certainly, the minor league. Yeah, that's the minor leagues. It's the grind. It's the yeah. the non-glorious. Some of the inside jokes that we all have. Um, even the banter you and I have from being teammates. I mean, it's it, it's it's kind of the real part of baseball, despite yeah. some of the theatrics and then all of that stuff goes on. But um, the, the, the the sort of comedic uh, inside jokes of Bull Durham, Major League, those are those are two of my favorites. All right, got a chance to win this series against Oakland. It's always fun to have Justin Verlander on the mound. Good luck today. You got it. Thank you, Sparky. Back with more Astro Launch right after this. Big drives, dramatic putts, and great fun with friends. Tickets for the 2019 Houston Open are on sale now. Ticket options for this year's event, held at the Golf Club of Houston on October 7th through 13th, include daily general admission tickets, week-long tickets, and premium ticket packages. Make your plans now to take part in one of the PGA Tour's premier events. Visit HoustonOpenGolf.com to find tickets and all the info on this year's event. Come for the golf. Stay for the party. Welcome back. Robert Ford joined by Ray Fossey, longtime A's broadcaster, longtime big league player as well, former catcher. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of talk, Ray, about catcher collisions, especially here in Houston with what happened uh, last game before the All-Star break against Anaheim. Jonathan Lucroy, Jake Marisnik uh, in a collision at home plate. Marisnik uh, wound up uh, getting a suspension for it and led to Marisnik later getting hit by a pitch in Anaheim on the on the Astros' subsequent road trip, but uh, you're someone who knows about collisions, not only because you played the catcher position, but, of course, one of the more famous catcher collisions with you and Pete Rose in the 1970 All-Star game. Uh, obviously, the game has changed quite a bit. You saw the play that happened with Marisnik and Luke Croy. What, what were your thoughts on that? Well, Robert, first of all, thank you for the opportunity. I don't know if we have enough time to talk about uh, the the catcher's rule, the new rule that was implemented a couple of years ago, which I thought was incorrect, you know, because, you know, the, the job of a catcher, we take a lot of pride, just like going into second base, two positions that they took away the possibility in second to break up a double play, which the, the best thing about a player doing that, coming back to the dugout and getting the high fives and say, man, that was great, great job of doing that. And from the catcher standpoint, blocking the ball, blocking the plate, sometimes without the ball, or having that timing mechanism where you could put your foot down and you always gave the, the runner the lane. I mean, that's the way I was taught as a catcher, but you could always at the same time as the ball is coming, start to turn that left foot to block off the runner and tag at the same time. What I think has happened, and it started with Buster Posey and Cousins with Miami, right. when he changed direction. I'll be honest with you, I've only seen replays. You were here, you saw it. The only thing I saw was that Luke Roy was inside. Now, as a runner, if Jake thought he was going to go back to the outside, then going inside was okay. But it seemed to me like he changed direction. And that's the only thing that I see where a base runner is going to be criticized, vilified, 
if he changes the direction. Personally, I would like to see more base runners. And I think that time, and just watching again, I'm trying to visualize it, if base runners would go as far as they can to the right of the plate, reach back and touch with her hand, then you don't have to worry about it. And, and I think because the catcher has to wait to catch the ball before he can make a move unless the ball takes him into the baseline, I would say if more guys did that, I think you would have fewer collisions, number one. But more importantly, I think if you slide straight in, you take a chance to be tagged out. We had Matt Chapman do that in Oakland. Mm -hmm. He slid straight into the plate when all he had to do is go to the side and touch with a hand. But, you know, they're so protective now. And I thought the irony of the whole thing was that there are two managers who have the best catchers probably in baseball. Bruce Bochy with Buster Posey and Mike Matheny at the time with Yadier Molina. It was those two catchers saying, we have to protect the catchers. I'm going, wait a minute. You were catchers. You know what happens you know, with those collisions. But I think both of those managers realized that those are the most important players on the field, both offensively and defensively, than one to try to protect them. But I think it really takes away. Robert, I believe strongly that players a lot of times do not know the rules when it comes to that. Mm -hmm. Now, everybody says about... Well, you know, you can't hit the catcher. Yes, you can. If the catcher has the ball, you can put him in the seats because he has the ball. It's when he doesn't have the ball that if you change any direction to go after him, then that's when you're going to be called out in a challenge play like that. But uh, it's unfortunate because I know Jonathan Lucroy, having been with the athletics, I know as a catcher what I was allowed to do as a catcher before this rule was implemented. But I think it would be nice to be able to say, play the game, let them play, because the players will police themselves and be able to take care of what they need to take care of. It's unfortunate what happened to Jake in Anaheim, which I saw, but it seemed like he was the peace breaker. He said, hey, guys, let's go. And he went to first base. And we had a similar situation with uh, Brett Laurie in Kansas City when he got hit. He walked to first base. Everybody left the dugout. So I said, he's the guy who got hit, you know, and he doesn't want to do anything. But it, it's, a, it's a difficult rule, and I just, um, you know, I hated to see it happen, to be honest. So you're saying that... The, you feel the best way for a base runner coming into home when there might be a play is to go as wide as he can, in other words, more in the foul territory, and then just try and slide on his and hit the plate with his hand on his way by. You know, Robert, if you think about that, and I saw a replay of Jonathan Scope with Minnesota playing the Rangers. Mathis was catching. He used his hand. He got under the tag. Because as a catcher, you think, first of all, and I had a play in 73 in the World Series with Bud Harrelson. Everybody said, you missed him, you missed him. Because he, I, as a catcher, I caught the ball. I went to the plate mm -hmm. thinking he's going to slide. Right. And that's what you do instinctively as a catcher. You think they're going to slide, so you go to the plate. But if you take your hand and you go to the side, I've seen guys where the catcher applies the tag. He goes over the tag and puts, touches the plate. So you can do more with your hand if you're sliding that way. But if you slide straight in, you're really allowing the catcher to, once he catches the ball, to put it down and block you off when you, it's not necessary. I think it's now more difficult for a catcher to make a play at the plate and tag the base runner if he goes in off to the side and touches the plate with his hand. Because you can think of it, Robert, as sliding the length of your hand or your arm to the plate. You can go that far outside of the plate. Uh -huh. You avoid any collision. And you have, I think, a better chance of touching the plate because even if the catcher puts the glove down, you see it. You can go over it, under it, around it to be safe. You don't see it that much. The times you do, that guy's usually safe. All right, Ray Fossey, always an education whenever I talk to you. Longtime big league catcher, 
has a few World Series rings, longtime A's broadcaster, does a great job with that. Thanks so much for joining us. Robert, it's always good to see you, and I thank you for the Cracker Jacks and the peanuts that you always pass at the bottom <laughs> of the seventh inning. That's my midnight or late night snack when I go back to the hotel, but I do appreciate your time. Thank you. All right, always want to make sure Ray Fossey yeah. is fed. We'll be back with more of Astro Launch right after this. Come join the team. Be a part of the Astros Buddies Club, presented by BBVA Compass. Kids 12 and under can sign up to be a member of the exclusive club. Members get four tickets to select Astros games, a buddy's backpack, socks, and an Astros hat for just $30. Show your Astros pride at home, at school, and at the ballpark. Get your membership today by visiting Astros.com buddies. Astros baseball. Take it back. This was general manager Al Rosen's trade in 1982. He sent Danny Heap to the New York Mets for Mike Scott. Scott was 17-27 and 27 for the Mets with a 4.65 ERA in his career. In 1982, he was 7-13. and 13. In his first year with Houston, he made an immediate turnaround going 10-6. He took a step backwards in 1984, but then the career-changing influence entered his life. Former Houston pitching coach Roger Craig started teaching him the split-fingered fastball, an off-speed pitch that resembled a fastball but then took a dive toward the dirt. By 1986, Scott led the National League in ERA at 2.22 and struck out 306 in 275 innings. September 25, 1986 brought the Astros to a clincher for their division title and brought Scott to a career moment. Astros are two outs away from clinching the division for the second time in their history. Mike Scott is two outs away from a no-hitter. Robbie Thompson, one ball, no strikes. I'm sure you all remember the last no-hitter pitched here. That was by Nolan Ryan. The fifth of his career. Back on September the 26th of 81. Five years ago tomorrow. One ball, one strike. One out, nobody on. One and two on Robbie Thompson. Will Clark will be next. That sort of summed up the afternoon's work for Scott on that look by Robbie Thompson. Two outs, nobody on. Top of the night. Houston two to nothing. Scott has not given up a hit. Will Clark. There it is. Alan Ashby visited Scott late in the game and encouraged him not to throw a 2-0 fastball down the middle. Scott rose to the occasion. He threw the split-fingered pitch to glory. He threw two complete games against the New York Mets in the NLCS, but the Astros lost in six games despite Scott being the MVP. He's had to work two tough, low-scoring ball games. Well, a big confrontation here now. Gary Carter, right-handed batter. First pitch by Scott. Popped him up to center field. The Astros win it. Billy Hatcher's got it. Houston 2, New York 2. On another spectacular pitching job by Mike Scott. Gave up just the one run tonight. Did not walk a batter and struck out five. Mike won 110 games for the Astros in his career. Mike Scott is a member of the 2019 Astros Hall of Fame inaugural class presented by Houston Methodist. There comes a time in everyone's life when talk is cheap and it's time to show up to get back to the top and build a legacy if we grind together we can take it back our team and our city this is why we play this is who we do it for take it back for tickets go to astros.com tickets or call 1-877-9-ASTROS 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 